1: Would you believe
0: it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are back in studio
2: for the next few hours here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And we're coming to you live. I feel like a proud papa today. Damon knows as he's behind the wheels of steel, as he has each and every day, does a fantastic job here for us. He knows that I couldn't even wait to get into the studio, turn on the mic, and talk about why I'm so proud. I come to you again as almost a proud father. Now, what happened? What little Q does, you know, on the hoop court makes me very proud, of course, right? Always proud of what the, the young man does. But today, I got some good news from our guy Ray, and he let us know that now we are coming to you live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And that just sounds such like a beautiful ring to it. It has such a great ring to it. Coming to you live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. It gets no better than that. I almost had a tear in my eye when I got that news earlier today. Cadillac. I mean, because the thing is, and anyone who knows me at all or has ever listened to us for any kind of a period of time knows that there, to me, there's no finer vehicle than a Cadillac. No finer vehicle. I know there's other cars that are more expensive. I know that there's cars that other people prefer. But for me, it's all about the Cadillac. My Mama Q did it to me. She introduced me to a Cadillac when I was just a little dude. I was still a new booty. And I just can't, I can't shake it. I can't shake it. So today I find out that we are coming to you live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And man, I can't be more proud
3: you're so excited,
2: I almost have to ask, did you broker the deal yourself? No! That's what's even better! No, I didn't! That's what the, that's what's so exciting about it, is the fact that I was told this news today, and I got fired up. I almost did a cartwheel in the parking lot, and I'm not a gymnast. If I tried to do a, a cartwheel, then you were guaranteed to win that basketball game, because I'd probably break my leg. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. But man, I couldn't have been happier when I heard that, so... Shout out to Finley Cadillac for sponsoring our studio. Again, we're coming to you live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Going to get some liners written up. Going to get everything. Going to get some lights in the studio. You know what I mean? (laughs) We're Going to put a Cadillac symbol on the door. (laughs) We are going all the way in, brother. We are going all the way in. Matter of fact, I think sometime next week I'm going to do the show live from there. Just because. Just go on in there and sit there.
3: How soon do you try to turn this into you getting a new Cadillac?
2: Man... The wife is going to hate every minute of this because when I go to get my oil change, and I do, I go to Finley Cadillac to get my oil change. When I go there, I, you know, i was, oh just wait. It's no big deal. You don't have to wait that long. I always start looking and I can't help myself. I start walking around. I start looking and I saw one last time, dark, dark blue. It was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. Seats were just like, it was like sitting on marshmallows. They were so soft. You know what I mean? Like it was just. They're like you're sitting on a cloud. It was just a it was just a wonderful thing. And it was more expensive than mine. <laughs> Let's put it like that. I don't want to put no no prices out there, no expectations. And I texted the wife and said, Look, I'm just looking, but and she said, No, go back and sit, go back and sit in the in the damn waiting room and wait for your car to get the oil change and then get on home. <laughs> that, that was like her exact directions. And I did.
3: I did. Yeah, so you might be there a little longer than just the show.
2: Oh, no, I might. I, I Look, man, in Central Texas, whenever we used to do our, our, uh, our show and we happened to end up at a car dealership or, we, or the Cadillac dealership, we would do it for uh, like a toy drive for Christmas, right? I'd always get excited the night before. I'm like, man, I'm going, and she always would get so mad. Would you not get so excited to go to this damn dealership? And I'm like, well, and, you know, the difference is I wasn't a big fan of the folks that I was doing shows at there. Here – I'm a big fan of, of Finley Cadillac because, well, I go there all the time and they've treated me really great and they have awesome Cadillacs there. So there you go. And it's not far from the house. So I can make a beeline over there. I can hang out all the time. <laughs> Keep on winning. You know, you know, uh, that, that commercial where like uh, Reggie Miller is like in Wendy's all the time and like, yeah, he can't get rid here. of him. Yeah, I'm just going to be that guy. I'm just going to be living in the dealership. Hey, what up? What up, Chris? What's up, Q? Why is Q here? He won't go
3: home. <laughs> Somebody comes in to look at a car. You're like, oh, I can tell you all about I this. I tell model. you
2: everything you need to know about this thing. Here you go. This is a 2022 Escalade. It comes with all the bells and whistles. Here you go with the plush seats. Oh, by the way, here's a charging station for your phone. Bada boom, bada bing. You're good. Look how big this sunroof is. Right, <laughs> right. Exactly. You got speakers right here in your seats. And look up here. Man. Oh, oh yeah. your associate um Q, he already helped us. Right, who? <laughs> uh just want you to know Q is definitely not an associate. We've actually been trying to get rid of this dude for a week. He's like the feral cats at hanging out at the Coliseum. <laughs> <laughs> just chilling. Just chilling. Oh, man. Anyway, man, it's a good day to be a good day, right? So here we are here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Got a lot of show for you today. A lot of great guests coming up. A lot of good conversation. Very excited about today's show. I will give you a little bit of a programming note that we just found out as well. News comes in fast and furious. So go ahead and mark this down in your calendar uh, for tomorrow. Tomorrow, our show is over at 245. I know. It starts at 2, and it's over at 245. The Aviators were supposed to have a game tonight. But it was postponed. So they're going to have a doubleheader tomorrow starting at 245. Well, starting at 250. So that means that we have to sign off at 245. So right when the show gets started, DeMond, it's going to be over. So I just want to go ahead and throw that out there right now and let it be known that, hey, it's going to be a very short show tomorrow. Thursday's show, the expectations are for it to end at 4.30, and then Friday's show live from TI will end at 5.15. So just a little bit of programming note so you know exactly what's going on here on your favorite radio station. That's Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness with Demon And your boy, we got prizes to give out today. We got a lot for you, but I want to jump into the guests that we have coming up on the show. At have three o'clock. We don't have our first guest till three o'clock. John McClain. He's our usual guest on Tuesday. I have a lot to talk about with him, including what's going on with the Washington football team. It ca- they cannot stay out of the headlines, dog. It's like someone's got something against them. But they don't they don't never have a penalty like they never suffer
3: from it. But that's the person is like they throwing it whatever at the wall. someone has got to stick. Eventually. I'll
2: tell you what, man. Yeah, you, you're right. You're right about that. You know what's going to stick when you start messing with the NFL's money? When you start, me- look, you can do anything you want. You know, you can have, and this is not what I believe, this is what's been going on. You can have all these issues with women in the, in, in the building. You can do all these issues with uh, people in the front office. You can have all kind of issues there in Washington, and, and they're like Teflon, right? They're like bulletproof. You start messing with the NFL's money, Doc, there's reports, and I don't know how accurate they are, but I mean, when you're talking about the Senate, you ain't talking about just BSing between me and you, you're talking about the Senate. This This is is the law. This is bigger than going to, like, Clark County Court. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, this ain't no public uh, defender. You know what I mean? Like, this is the Senate. This is, like, a big deal. They're talking about $5 million in in withholding from deposits with uh, with season ticket holders, talking about money not dispersed to the rest of the league. I mean, you're you're talking about some bread. This one guy actually talked about, and I actually have it written down for Cover 3, which we'll get to at, like, 4 o'clock, but he actually said that, Snyder withheld upwards of $5 million in refundable deposits from season ticket holders and also hid money that was supposed to be shared among NFL owners. Basically, they had two different set of books, accounting books. The one that they turned in and the real one. I mean, when you start getting into that kind of stuff and you're affecting the NFL's money, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Something's going to happen. So we'll talk to John McClain about all things NFL. Another question that I had, and someone asked me this, on the podcast, and I want to make sure I remember to ask John when we talk to him. Remember the last couple seasons because of COVID? The practice squad has been, it's been uh, expanded, you know, and they've been able to put veterans on the practice squad. I thought that was a really good idea. Like, I think uh, last year for a little while, HaHa Clinton Dix was part of the Raiders practice squad, and it was nice to be able to have a veteran there just in case someone got hit with COVID or whatever the case may be, you could bring a guy in. So someone asked me, Q, do you know if it's going to be the same practice squad rules expansion that they had last year, or is it going to go back to what it used to be? And I want to say that John told me once it expands, it's going to stay there. Like it's not going to go back. I want to say he told me that before. But then I don't want to quote him without asking him. (laughs) Because I might be thinking about something else. Every once in a while, I do have a pretty good imagination. I might have thought of that on my own. So I'm thinking that that's what the case may be. So that's another question that we'll ask John McClain coming up at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, Mike Sando from The Athletic. He's been on the show many times before. He's going to join us to talk about uh, a piece that he put out in The Athletic that was really good about uh, all 32 teams in the league, the grades that execs gave those teams during free agency. So obviously we're not going to go through all 32 teams. That wouldn't make any sense. But what we are going to do is go through the AFC West. So all these different executives across the league, they all came together like butt cheeks, and they all talked about the different moves that all these teams made in free agency and what their reaction to it was, what the grades they would give them. So Mike does a really good job putting these pieces together. He's joined us many times when talking about quarterback tiers and other stuff like that. So I'm interested and excited to talk to him at 3.30, and we'll just break down the AFC West as far as free agency goes. That'll be at 3.30 with Mike Sando from The Athletic. Then at 4.30, as yesterday was a big-time NFL draft theme, we'll close things out with NFL draft with Eric Galco, draft prospect, guru, director of personnel for the Shrine Bowl. And if you remember, DeMond, he was on the show when the Shrine Bowl was here in Las Vegas and really just focused in on the guys that were participating in the Shrine Bowl. Well, as we're doing each and every day, as we're working on this, uh, you know, leading up to the draft on April 28th right here in Las Vegas, I'm trying to get as many different deep draft minds and intelligence on the show to talk about different possibilities for the Raiders, different late round possibilities. Again, there's no chance that they're going to get a Sauce Gardner. There's no chance they're going to get a Chris Olave, Jordan Davis. I mean, you can go through the first round. You can even go through early second round guys. They're not going to be there for the Raiders unless they move up. I'm not anticipating the move up, and it's really kind of hard to just say why they would move up. you know. So let's just say, for the sake of our conversations, they stay pat at 86. That's where we're really basing all these conversations we're having uh, with all these different uh, draft guru guys. So uh, Eric Galco, he's very, very good when it comes to uh, prospect scouting. He'll join us at 4.30. So that's the guest lineup that we have today. John McClain at 3, Mike Sando at 3.30, and Eric Galco at 4.30. With all that being said, now let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive.
0: The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
2: One little note that I wanted to pass along before we really deep dive into the opening drive is a guy that we talked about yesterday on the show, Tariq Woolen, cornerback from UTSA. He actually uh, was in for a visit with the Raiders today, so there you go. I'm not going to say that we spoke him into existence, but... The Raiders are, uh, are are at least entertaining him and at least bringing him in. And I'll tell you this. It's funny with the last regime, and we'll get to know this with the new regime. With the last regime, whenever they visited with someone, they weren't taking him. They weren't taking him. I mean, that was almost one of those surefire things that when we found out that, oh, this guy came in for a visit, oh, they're not taking him. It was, it was more times than not, they wouldn't take him. Now... Who knows? Who knows what the interest level is? Uh, They're obviously trying to get to know these guys, but I do like the fact that Tariq Woolen is uh, in for a visit with the Raiders. Also, uh, Kalen Boogie Barnes, another guy that we talked about uh, on yesterday's show when we were talking to Tim Watkins, he also was in for a visit today. So both of those defensive backs, both guys that are going to go later on in uh, in the draft, and also guys with speed. That's something that I continue to point out. All these guys that we're starting to see associated with the Raiders, and even a lot of guys they brought in through free agency, all have speed. I love it.
3: Oh yeah, it makes me think how are they going to have these corners play in this system? Because Tariq Willen, like even though he doesn't have some of those technical aspects right. of it, I do think he could get up in some press man and if you beat him, he can make up for it.
2: Right, he can. He can beat up with he can make up for it in uh in speed and again, the thing about about him that I like is being a third round pick guy. He's not a guy that's expected to go in there and start. He's not expected, you know, like a sauce gardener, you draft him. He's he's starting day 1. You don't pick him top five for him to learn on the fly. Be a project. Right. No, you're not going to worry about that. But a Tariq Woolen, someone like that, a Zion McCollum, you know, any of these other, you know, second, third, fourth round DBs, you could see them having a a learning curve. And, And that's okay because the Raiders have guys. They have Trayvon Mullen. I mean, I know he's been injured a lot, and that's frustrating with his injury history, but he's a good defensive back. So you have Trayvon Mullen, you have Rocky Asin, you have Nate Hobbs. I mean, you have some options that you can, you know, mix and match, put some guys here, there, and the other. They brought in other guys in free agency that they're just, you know, have on one-year deal or whatnot. So they have other guys. So they're not in a pressing need where it's like, okay, you got to go get this guy or else that cornerback position is going to be just wrecked and you're going to get thrown on all day long. I just think with what we know from Patrick Graham's defense, everything we've done with all the research we've done, the more defensive backs you have, the better. Just simple as that.
3: Yeah, because those sets that they run, I always go, I want to go back to that introductory press conference he had. He said it's not about your 3 4 or your 4 3. Mm-hmm. It's about those sub packages. And that let me know everything right there that. The, the upfront is going to be important. Right. The, but the bread and butter on this defense is going to be that secondary.
2: No doubt. No doubt. Those are facts right there. And so I'm just interested to see how it all shakes out. But again, uh, I do like the fact that uh, Tariq Woolen is in visiting the Raiders. My guy Aaron, who actually uh, lives on the islands, lives in Hawaii, hit me up and he said that uh, Tariq to him equals Obi mellon Fonwu. And I thought, really? I don't. And, and you know, I get it. I understand where he's coming from because Tariq did a hell of a job at the combine, but he also did a hell of a job at the Senior Bowl. He also played really well at the Senior Bowl, and he had a really good last season there uh, at UTSA. So I think I don't think that he's Obi-Mellon Fonwu, but I understand where my guy is coming from because, again, he really started to blow up. Uh, at the combine when he was able to run the, the 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 and put in the numbers that he did, but running that four two six uh, forty, obviously that's gonna catch anyone's attention. I mean, especially at his at his size, six foot four, and running like that. So I can I can totally see that. I understand where he's coming from, but I do think that this is a, a real deal player. But you know, we've all been fooled before and and there are guys named Bigfoot, aka Obi Mellon Fonwu, aka uh, Brashard Perryman, a.k.a. I mean, there's all kind of guys in the league right now that I call Bigfoots because you always hear about how talented they are, but you just never see it. So that's one piece of news that I wanted to bring. Tariq Woolen, cornerback out of UTSA. Uh, Kalen Barnes, cornerback out of Baylor, both in visiting with the Raiders today. Also, I want to bring this to the question or to the table. And this is really a question that I had and I was noticing because we talk a lot about the offensive weapons that the Raiders are going to have this season. We talk a lot about what Derek Carr is going to be able to do with Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, uh, Darren Waller, Brian Edwards, you know, all those different weapons. But how about what they can do with the running game? We know Josh McDaniels likes to run the rock. We know he likes to run the rock with multiple running backs. I was going through, and I know that just because it happened with the Patriots last season doesn't mean that this is going to be the pattern for the Raiders. I totally get that. But right now, that's all I have to go on. So while I was working on the show earlier today, I was going through what the Patriots did as far as the run game goes in 2021. Obviously, they had a rookie quarterback, so the learning curve is going to be different. Uh, Josh McDaniels is going to have a, a game plan in place that actually helps a rookie quarterback instead of just throw him into the fire and make him do everything. So you have to realize that as well. But there was a point in the season in 2021 where the Patriots went on a seven-game winning streak. In that seven games, they ran for no less than 105 yards. And the most that they ran for in that seven-game period, 222 yards. So it got me thinking, what are my expectations for the running game? I would just say for Josh Jacobs, but we know that there's multiple backs. Hell, we had Brandon Bolden on the show on Friday. I'm excited about what that young man brings to the table. Kenyon Drake, we saw him walking into the, into the facility yesterday as the off-season workouts began. He's back healthy. You know, we know that there's, there's other guys that they have in the mix. So I'm just real interested in what we believe and what we're going to be looking for from the run game. What are your expectations for the Raiders as far as their run game goes this season? Now, of course, Alec Ingold is now in Miami. He's with the Dolphins, signed a nice lucrative contract there. They got Jakob. <laughs> That's all I'm going to keep saying, Jakob. They got Jakob in there. That was the fullback that was uh, that was there in New England uh, that ran in front of Brandon Bolden. He's there now, and he's a guy that everyone considers to be a dog and a guy that's going to you know be able to sniff out the end zone when he needs to, maybe in the form of Zach Crockett. So I want to throw that out to you, Raider Nation. I want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword RNR. What are your expectations for the Raiders' run game this season? And with that being said... If you think about the Raiders' run game and you want them to be a dominant run team, which I would love to see them do that, that also goes to the boys up front. The boys up front got to get it done. I have confidence Colt Miller is going to get it done. Andre James, well, he's a center position. I saw him improve throughout the course of the season. That left guard position, I'm still a little questionable with. I know John Simpson was there uh, for the majority of the season last year because he had to. Richie Incognito was uh, a no-show to the party. And then the right guard position. You know, I mean, Denzel Good's coming back. Is he going to be that dude? I mean, he uh, he played well every time I saw him out there. You know, and then Alex Leatherwood, are they going to put him back at tackle? Are they going to put him in guard? Whatever. However those guys up front operate is also going to dictate how the run game goes.
3: Oh, yeah, it's definitely not just up to the running backs. Right. And Denzel Good, like, if he can stay healthy, I do think that he's a solid starter in the league. But I think it goes to staying healthy
2: right and I think that he's a pretty healthy dude he just happened to tear his ACL and, and the only good thing the only positive that came out of that is he tore at week one
3: yeah it happened so early in the season so he he should be well on track
2: he should be good to go exactly recovery. yeah no, no doubt about that so I think that he definitely plays a role in this I think that they find a good spot for him uh, my question mark is you know really who's going to hold down the left guard position is it John Simpson with a little bit more you know training and understanding is he now that he has a, a year under his belt as the guy can he take that next step? Where do you put good? Where do you put Leatherwood? Do you bring somebody in? I mean, there's a lot of questions that that offensive line, uh, you know, is going to have to answer. But we saw it last year. The run game wasn't very good early on. Remember, the run game was pretty, I mean, I hate to say it was pretty piss poor. It just really was. No last hope. No. I mean, it was piss poor. And then when the Raiders went on their four game win streak to end the season, what did they do? They were able to run the rock. Josh Jacobs was able to be the finisher. You know, how many times did he say, hey, I went into the coaches at halftime and said, give me the ball. Let me do what I do. And as the run game and their effectiveness as a running team got better, they won those four games that they had to win to get to the playoffs. So you've got to have that offensive line on point. But you also, you know, they got to see how often the the run game is called. You know, how is Josh McDaniels calling the game? Is it, is it, you know, are you looking at the running game? Like you're thinking, okay, it's going to be similar to what we saw when, the Raiders had a real effective run game. You know, maybe the first couple seasons with Josh Jacobs, is it going to be slow to the party like it was last year? You know, just what are the expectations? How do you see this, this run game operating? How do you, you know, is Josh Jacobs a 1,000-yard rusher this year? Is it a majority of him? Is it running back by committee? You know, what's the deal?
3: I think it's definitely going to be running back by committee. The Patriots, their leading rusher is a Damian Harris, I think, from last season. Yeah, He had 15 touchdowns. Former
2: Alabama Crips of Time, I remember just saying.
3: Had 15 touchdowns, but less than a thousand yards.
2: How many yards did he have?
3: Um, it was still it was close. He was in the 900 okay, range. Okay, 900 so, range, so, so he was
2: basically the he sounded like he was the he was the lead dog. He was the lead dog. Right.
3: But but with that running back by committee, you know, so maybe the counting stats won't be there, but still 15 touchdowns. That's impressive.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's the one thing that Josh Jacobs is really good at. I mean, there's a lot of things that Jacobs is good at, but that dude finds the end zone. <laughs> I mean, that's the one thing about him. He's got what 28 touchdowns through three seasons. It's something like that. I mean, he's, he knows how to find the end zone. He's really good at that. But I want to go back to what the Patriots did during that seven-game winning streak with their rushing yards. Week 7 against the Jets, they ran for 148 yards. Week 8 against the Chargers, 142 yards. Week 9 against the Panthers, 151 yards. Week 10 against the Browns, 184 yards. Week, uh, week 11 against the Falcons, 134 yards. Week twelve against the Titans, 105 yards. That was their low, and then the big one. And I think everyone remembers that Monday Night Football game where they only ran or they only threw the ball like what three times, maybe maximum, against the Buffalo Bills. They ran for 222 yards. Wild, just a wild. Their total offense for that game was 241 yards, and they ran for 222.
3: 19 passing yards
2: there you go there you go so obviously they didn't do very much when it came to the pass game but again they only threw the rock three times throughout the course of the game so everything was done on the ground but that just lets you know right there that when the run game is cooking Josh McDowell is going to call it he's going to call the running game and he's going to want a healthy back and a a fresh back back there to go ahead and make it happen but there's similarities there I mentioned a seven-game win streak for the Patriots. The Raiders had a four-game win streak. And in that four-game win streak, they ran the Rock really well. You know, something I mentioned a little earlier. I don't even know the exact numbers. I could look them up. But the point is we know that their their run game was going, and it was working, and it was cooking. That's how they were able to win games and and, and stay balanced and give Derek Carr a chance to, to cook and, and get the ball to the wide receivers and to Hunter Renfro and to the tight ends. And, and, you know, whoever the case may be, that's what it was because they were able to be effective – In their run game.
3: Yes, and I do think that being effective is what matters most because in some of these games, they didn't even get over 100 yards, but Mm -hmm. getting the rushing yards at the right time. In Cleveland, 98 yards. Boom. Against Denver, 160. Boom. Indianapolis, 85, and then 174, excuse me. There you go. To finish out the season.
2: Right. There it is right there. I mean, again, just you can go back and you can look at the similarities and see, okay, this is what they were doing. This is how they became really effective. You could throw the ball around the yard all the time. A lot of analysts, their big frustration with the Chiefs are they're the team that almost refuses to run the ball even when teams are giving up the run. <laughs> it just, it's like Andy Reid don't want to call the run game. Josh McDaniels would do it. He'll dial up the run. So I asked you, Raider Nation, i throw it out there to you. Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. And the Salmonash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. What are your expectations for the Raiders' run game this season? Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Who are we bringing in? Raider Rob. Raider Rob, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. How you doing, fellas? Killing, man. Well,
4: I'm, I'm listening to you, and you you talk about the seven-game win streak. I think one of the reasons why the Patriots did, did that in the seven-game win streak is because of their quarterback. And I think that Derek Carr is definitely more of an upgrade. I think we need to be looking more when they had Tom Brady as far as the running game goes. I mean, this quarterback out of Alabama that they had, I mean, he really wasn't – I mean, it's Matt Jones. I mean, He's pretty good.
2: <laughs> he's pretty good, Doc. Yeah, but he's,
4: <laughs> yeah, he was pretty good, but he's not a Derek Carr. And I think that we're going to – we're going to see more of what we saw when they had Tom Brady.
2: But then Derek Carr is not Tom Brady. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought about that, too. I thought about that. I was like, well, that's not really fair to, to Tom Brady or Derek Carr. Well, okay, you're right. <laughs> I, I, dig, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Hey, man, I get it. That's And you know what? We're just – we're just spitballing right here, so you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong, uh, you know, but it is something I thought about earlier. I was like, well, maybe I should go back a couple years, and I thought, no, that's Tom Brady, and it's, that's, not fair. that's not fair to compare a car to, to Brady. You want me to start some, some mess on the radio and start talking about uh car and Brady, and someone's going to be like, oh my gosh, Q just called their car Tom Brady on the radio. I, oh my gosh. He's drinking the Raider Kool-Aid. He must be getting a check. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, we'll hear something. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to go there. But I do understand completely where you're coming from as far as Mac Jones being a rookie quarterback. That's why I said the, the offense was scaled back. They didn't give him the full meal deal as far as the offense because they didn't want to throw too much at him, which is, again, smart from the offensive coordinator's position, which was Joshua Daniels. So, yeah, it's definitely give or take. I just think, and this is my personal opinion, Raider Nation, again, I would love to hear from you. I think that... A team is way better when they're way more balanced, like the Raiders did the last four games of the season. When they were balanced, they had chances to win. And that's why it helped them go on their four-game winning streak. So as I look back at the Patriots and when they hit that seven-game winning streak, they were all balanced except for that last game where they only threw the ball three times. And that was because it was that terrible weather going on. And they ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball some more for 222 yards. So, uh, Raider Rob, I do appreciate the call. That's really good stuff. But we'd love to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword RNR. What are your expectations for the Raiders' run game this season? This is Raider Nation Radio. 920.
0: That was the opening drive of unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester
2: Hayes, joining us now. YQ. Of course, our team
1: kept winning. We kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance
0: and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. As we come
2: to you live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, the bond is up here rolling. Cadillac don't know what they did. They have no idea what they've caused. In the first segment, I mentioned that our studio is now the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and you'll hear me mention that quite a bit. That's not just for this show, unnecessary roughness. This is all day long here on Radio Nation Radio 920, so that's exciting. But we've had so many. So much
3: everybody gets to say they're a Cadillac man.
2: Right, exactly. Okay. But I mean, only there's only one real Cadillac <laughs> man. Everyone else, you know, they're going to do what they're supposed to do because they got to do what they got to do. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I can say I'm a Cadillac man. Proud. Anyway, we've had so much response. Fargo Raider sent us a tweet and Fargo's he's he's great on the Photoshop. Q, DeMond, Cadillac man, get to the station in style. The world's finest car. And, and you see the picture. How funny is the picture?
3: Oh, it's hilarious. I like how I'm in the background holding a gun. Right, like, right. I'm looking intimidating.
2: Oh, man. And you're the best salesman in the land. There it is. There it is. Then, uh, But it didn't stop there. My guy Fabian actually sent us a picture of an old school Cadillac. He said, Jan, his wife, wanted me to send you this picture of us in front of my parents' caddy, early 80s. Look at that quick response right there. I like that old school uh, Cadillac. My mama probably had a Cadillac like that. And then it didn't stop there. Peg Leg Raider said... I was gonna ask: Does the Cadillac Performance Center come with discounts? And I expect you to rock a Caddy logo as a chain when you show up to ball out against the Mon. <laughs> Pegleg just—he brought everything to the table, everything. I'm telling you, man, proud Papa moment today. This is good stuff.
3: I've never thought about somebody rocking the Cadillac emblem
2: as a chain. You didn't chain. do that back in the day. Back? Oh, you were too. You were too. You were too uh, too young. They used to rock the uh the Mercedes emblem too. You don't remember that when people used to rock that, that was the hip hop cats used to those. I remember those. like
3: people would like They we would used have to like rock a little the, thing they like, yeah. like go no, down. No, we rocked the Cadillac like them, No, then? we rocked
2: the Cadillac chains too.
3: Cadillac chains. With the
2: Cadillac symbol? Yeah, man. I actually, no joke. I um from across the street from my grandmother's house was a liquor store in Oakland, right? And I wanted to buy this chain so bad. And she wouldn't let me. But I had my own money, but she wouldn't let me. And I think my mom told me no too. But you know how that goes and they were trying to save you. They were trying to save me from myself, but I did end up buying it, and it was only twenty bucks, so you okay. know it was fake, right? It was fake, but it had a Cadillac symbol on the end of it, and it was when you know we were wearing the old the big the big gold chains and everything It was awesome until it wasn't, but I mean, I had to have it then I was a kid my my biggest deal was trying to get across the street without getting hit by the car, but I Cadillac, sure did, but I had the chain. <laughs> Did you even have a car? No,
3: Perhaps. I was a kid. Yeah. I told you I was a kid. I'm trying to be like, you know, no. sometimes in your stories, no. he can be
2: 16 no, or he can be no. 8. No, <laughs> oh, no. I was a new booty. I was a young dude. And my grandmother told me, don't, don't go spend that money on that because she gave me, you know, grandmamas always give you money. Oh, I love it. So that was the money she gave me for some kind of chores I did around the house. And I went and spent it on a fake gold chain, but it had a Cadillac symbol. There you go. True story. been throwing out there. What are your expectations for the Raiders' run game this season? My expectations is that Josh McDaniels is going to want that run game to be cooking. I referenced the seven games that the Patriots won in a row in 2021. I realize with a, a rookie quarterback, but I think that because they were able to run the ball so effectively during that streak, that really helped them get over the hump and win those games. When the Raiders won their four games and went on the streak and went into the playoffs, they were really running the ball effectively that helped them be more balanced and get into uh, you know, get into the playoffs and win those four games. So I want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Speaking of Fargo Raider, he's up first. Fargo, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show.
5: Hey, good afternoon. Q and DeMond, thank you for taking my call. Glad you liked the graphic. I thought you'd like that one.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love
5: it. Now, as far as the run game goes, my expectations, I'm going to go on some numbers here. So, Last year our total uh, rushing numbers were 16 100 yards on the season and some change. I want to see that number bumped up to 2. Okay. I think that's a that's a realistic expectation and I think we can get there. And as far as our rushing touchdowns, we went to 14 uh this season and we need to get to 20, I think. No more uh cute little in ideas, of let's go for three. They're not marching down the field now, man. Pound that rock in there, you know, bleed them for everything they got. Nail that coffin shut. Now, I'm going to flip it around real quick, though. We did have 18 rushing touchdowns on us. I think that number's got to go down by at least three. And, you know, we were getting gashed on the on the rushing yards as well.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh At 1,900 on the season, I think that's got to come down to that 16 or hopefully less for us to get some good results on the field. Thank you guys for taking my call. You have a good day.
2: Thank you for the call, man. And I I like the way you flipped that. You know, that was part of the the down part of uh, Gus Bradley's defense is that the run game, stopping the run wasn't as important. Now, again, kind of going back to the point that we made when they went on that four-game winning streak, they were doing better at stopping the run during that four-game stretch. But... Uh, To your point, there was a lot of times when the Raiders were getting gashed on the ground, and you can't do that. And what you've seen so far from Patrick Graham, what has he done with the defensive line so far? Added a lot of beef. A lot of beef. What's that old lady used to say? Where's the beef? It's up front. It's up front. The Raiders have it up front. They want to stop the run. They want to get those guys, those big bodies in the space and they want the linebackers to be able to clean everything up. So uh, that's why it looks like, you know, Patrick Graham is going to be a good defensive coordinator and he has a good plan in place. Now he's still got to get a couple more key pieces to this defense, but I think that they're trending in the right direction because stopping the run is a very important element of his defense. And again, uh, I like how you said, you know, get those touchdowns up, get those uh, yardage up. That's, that's what needs to happen. If you have a balanced attack and look, this is not John Gruden's fault. That's something he did want was a balanced attack. He wanted more than anything to be able to run the ball. They just couldn't do it. That was one of the biggest issues. They just couldn't do it early. Yeah, because you say
3: that, and that was his philosophy. Yeah. Of being, oh, he wanted that bounce attack, even used the fullback more than most
2: teams right. in the NFL. Exactly. He wanted to run the ball. Just early on, especially, wasn't able to. You know, it's just it was one of those situations where the offensive line wasn't opening up holes and it did better as the season went along. But early on. It just it just wasn't there. Uh, Fargo, thank you for that call, man. That was good stuff. 702-365-9200. three six five nine two hundred. Let's talk to our guy ABA Ivan Davis. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
1: Hey, how's it going, Q? Thanks for taking my call. It's been a minute. Yep, yep. Uh my thing with this is it really depends on the team. If a team is weak against the run, I think this, I, I think this group is just going to gut them like a pig on Thanksgiving Day, and okay. especially with the running game we got. I mean, because with the receivers, I mean, you really have no choice but to success. You can't crowd the line of scrimmage because then you're just going to get cooked. Okay, with our wide receivers, because I don't think you can guard any of them one on one, except for Edwards, maybe, maybe. Okay, and, and if you sit back, okay, goes on nickel, dime. Are are you big enough to handle a a physical running game like we're going to have? And so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of a Fargo Raiders. 2,000 is, easy, is, is easily something we can reach. You're going to be able to control the clock and pretty much do anything we want to do. I'm, I can almost guarantee you in the draft, mark my word, Kansas City, Denver, they're going to be drafting DBs, okay, and they're going to counter our, uh, try to counter the passing game, and we're going to run the ball right down their throats. So look for the Raiders to average about, i say, 21-30 a game. Easy, it kind of brings you back to the old yeah. uh, John Gruden days when we had an offensive line with Lincoln Kennedy and and all them cats. Okay, uh, matter of fact, my man, uh, the rookie, he reminds me a little bit of Lincoln Kennedy. I, I wish you could give him some advice. But anyway, right. That's all I have to say, my man. Hey, you have a great day.
2: All right, you too, brother. Great stuff, man. Great. So you know what I just thought of, and I, unfortunately, we hung up with ABA Ivan Davis. He's got a damn basketball team. He's got a basketball team, Damon. He has a basketball team. Coming to town. We could use their arena. I mean, you know what I mean? Like let's he got we got workout uniforms. We've got unis already. We got the warm-ups.
3: I might mess around and get signed.
2: <laughs> By who?
3: Not on the hoop court.
2: <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's exactly what I meant. Unbelievable. We got this text from uh, Raider Allen in Alaska on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187 keyword R and R. It said my expectations for the run game in regards to average yards. Or in yardage is a ratio of 1.25 to 3 compared to passing yards and then he said this Lotus broadcast game has to go down and be live stream is this a Raider Kool-Aid silver or black oh is this Raider Kool-Aid silver or black I got it ha, I like that you know actually the, my favorite flavor of, of Kool-Aid was back in the day uh, was Purple Soros Rex I was a big fan of Purple Soros Rex that's a combination of lemonade and whatever was purple grape <laughs> there you go <laughs> Because we always called it grape Red. You know what I mean? So, yes. I don't <laughs> But yeah, Purple Soros Rex was always my flavor. So uh, there you go. So I guess if there was a silver and black one, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, the Mailman Raider hit us up as well, and then we'll take a quick break. Q, when it comes to the Pats and the running the ball, I think a lot had to do with the cold weather they consistently played in. I could be wrong, but it's probably more of a 60%, 65% in the air, maybe 35 to 40% on the ground because of the receiving weapons we currently have. Thank you for the text. And you're not wrong about the weather. Uh, but I'll, I'll say this. You, could, you can run, you could throw the ball all you want, and Kansas City is a perfect example, and I know I guess it's a bad example because they win a lot of games, but they could be so much more effective if they have the weapons that they had when they still had Tyreek Hill, and they actually ran the rock when, they, when it's there. It's there. Like ABA Ivan Davis said, it is there to be had. You just got to be able to do it. You've got to have an offensive line, and you've got to have a play caller willing to call it. Andy Reid doesn't call the plays. He doesn't call the plays to run. He's always dropping back, dropping back, dropping back, yada yada, yada, yada. I mean, just like that. I think, and again, I think that if you're going to be a really good team, you've got to be way more balanced. I think the success of this Raiders offense is not necessarily how many times Derek Carr can hit Devontae Adams or Renfro or Waller or Edwards. I don't think that's where it's going to lie. I think it's going to be how much can the Raiders offensive line open up holes and how much can Josh Jacobs eat? How much can Kenyon Drake eat? Remember, he's an underutilized guy. Ken Ken Kenyan Drake was supposed to be the Joker, was supposed to be the weapon last year, and he was underutilized. That could be a one-two punch. You got Brandon Bolden, that could be another uh, another weapon. I think that we're going to see a lot of the run game, a lot more than people expect. Going back to what ABA Ivan Davis said, everyone expects the Raiders now to just throw it around the yard because of all the weapons. Look what they did in Green Bay. Look how much Aaron Jones ran the rock. Look how many games he ran the rock. He ran. I mean, he ran the hell out of the ball. Just because you have weapons. Don't mean that you, don't, you get away from what you do You do really well. Offensive linemen like to do what? They like to run block. They'll pass block for sure, but they like to run block. They much rather block forward than have to go back. So I, I know that there's weapons. I know there's plenty, but don't fall in love with the Madden style of play where you're just going to throw to Devontae, throw to Waller, throw to Renfro all game long, and then run the ball you know, a, a handful of times. I think these running backs are going to eat in a major way, and that's why I threw the question out there, and I love the feedback they were receiving at 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmonash text line 69187, keyword r and What are your expectations for the Raiders' run game this season coming up? We are live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome
0: back, Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. We just decided that
2: today's theme of the show was Cadillac and Kool-Aid. Cadillacs and Kool-Aid. Unbelievable. Been getting a lot of good shout-outs, though. salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword RNRQ. Dan, the Raider fan here. Man, we, also, we used to also get the fake rings with the Mercedes, BMW, and Audi emblems, and also the Kung Fu shoes at the flea market in Alameda. Shout out to the flea market. The Kung Fu shoes? Yeah, man, you ain't knowing. <laughs> I love the fact that we're educating you on so many things. DeMond admitted to me in the commercial break that he knew nothing of Purple Saurus Rex. He had never heard of that flavor Kool-Aid, but admits that he would like it.
3: Oh, yeah. Love (laughs) Kool-Aid. I was a strawberry and then a tropical berry kind of guy.
2: I bet you were. Yeah. You seem like a very tropical type guy. (laughs) No, Tropical Punch was good. Tropical Punch was great. That was one of the good good go-to flavors. That's so funny. Another text. I think what the caller meant was Derek Carr is closer to Tom Brady than Mac Jones is Derek Carr. I could agree with that, but Mac Jones is a really good quarterback. Really good quarterback. I know that he was a rookie, and everyone's not really sold on him being a great quarterback. But look, the dude was a national championship at, a champion at Alabama. I know he had plenty of weapons around him. He went in there, and he beat out Cam Newton. And I know Cam Newton's not the MVP of the league that he was at one point, but he beat him out, made him expendable to the point where they released him.
3: And I know that he was just a replacement, but also
2: went to the Pro Bowl this past season. Also went to the Pro Bowl. So again, is he Derek Carr? No, I'm not going to say that because I think Derek Carr's already put in the work. But, you know, he's 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 a serviceable. He's a really, I think, a really good quarterback. I think he's going to continue to get better. I just think that that's who he is. One more quick text, then we'll hit the phone lines. Vegas Pete. McDaniels likes to use 12 personnel, two tight ends, which aids aids in the running game, slots, and sets up play action. Even if it's not a lot of run yards, the offense throws the backs a lot uh so a lot of big gains so that's just using uh the running backs more thank you Vegas Pete for that I do appreciate that and uh that's a good point you know that's that's another that's more weapons right there on the field again I don't think that it's just going to be Josh McDaniel's falling in love with Adams and Waller and Renfro. I just I can't say that enough I don't think that that's going to be the case I think it's going to really rely a lot on the run game on the running backs on the uh you know on, on the tight ends chipping away and helping uh, with the offensive line as well I think there's a lot that goes into this We've heard from multiple guys, including Brandon Bolden, that the offense is very complex, but once you figure it out, then you're good to go. 702-365-9200. Who we got up now? Big Jose in San Jose. Ah, going out to the 408. Big Jose, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Cherry Kool-Aid, bro. The cherry <laughs> Kool-Aid. That
1: was the one. Okay. Remember, you used to throw like three cups of sugar in that <laughs> and then mix it up. There it is. <laughs> it's a miracle we ain't got diabetes these days.
2: Right? No doubt. That's facts.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs>
4: You know what? I, what I'd like to see from the offense this year is I'd like to see them commit to a game plan that is balanced. But I'd like to see the pass set up the run because when you like when you are when you're an offensive lineman, you have different uh, splits for run block and pass block. But I think with the expectations of Devontae Adams and um, you know the the uh, Waller and Renfro, that there's a lot of expectations on the pass opening up. You know more running lanes on delays and quick jets and getting out of space, especially with Kenyon Drake, man. That's what I'd love to see more. I hate to say
5: it, but the Great American Gang, they do that really well. That's what I got for you. Love, brother. Peace out.
2: Go Raiders. All right, there it is. Hey, great call, my man. I definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, you know, they always say, you know, you you run the ball to set up the pass. And I know that the Raiders, and this is something that Hondo pointed out a lot last season, was that the Raiders did a lot of passing the rock to, to set up the run. And that's okay, too. I just think that however you do it, however you get there, you're still balanced. You know, I mean, you can start out the gates and you can start throwing the rock around the yard if you want to. But my point is, I don't think that you're going to see games where cars throwing the rock 40 times, 45 times. And I don't think you should. Honestly, I'm that guy. And maybe it's old school me. I'm like, hey, 30 passes. Cool. Give the give the back or backs 20, 25, 30 carries. Great. You know what I mean? Like that's. That's how I look at it. Instead of seeing these inflated numbers where you're seeing quarterbacks, 50 passes, 55 passes. I always say, and I know Derek Carr can do it, and he's had to do it at times. When he has to throw the ball that many times, that usually means that the Raiders are trying to come back from behind, and that's usually a a bad recipe. Now, there's been times where he's had to do that just because that's what the game plan calls for. Sometimes it's extreme one way or the other. I'm in the school of belief that you throw that rock around 30-something times a game, and you're in a good position to succeed. You run the rock 25 to 30 times a game. And another thing, and every week during the regular season, and here on the show, we did it. We did keys to the game every single week in front of every single game. And I want to say to a T, I said that the Raiders need to get at least 100 yards rushing, right? I think I said that every single week because I'm in that world. I believe that the run game is so stinking important. Some games, they're just not going to give it to you. Some games, they're going to make you beat them with your arm. And the good thing for the Raiders is they have the weapons to do it. But they just don't want to have to do that all the time.
3: Derek Carr threw for under 30 passing attempts three times and over 40 attempts four times with the top being 56.
2: Okay. Did they win that game with the 56? Yep, that was Baltimore first game of the season. So a little inflated because of overtime. Right, but that was a game that what? They were coming back from behind. Yep. (laughs) You know what I mean? And early in the season, couldn't really run the ball that well. What about the other? Tell me the other ones. What was the other one that went over uh, over forty?
3: Forty six. New York Giants. That is that's definitely one. Yeah, that's they, a loss.
2: And that was coming off the bye week, and that was a real weird week. So let's just throw that one out. Give me another one. Kansas City, forty five. That was a loss. Coming the back 48 The game. Yes. There you go. There you go. Give me another one. Miami, forty three attempts. Uh, forty three attempts. And that went to overtime, and they won that one. That was at home. They won that one, and that was early in the season. and They weren't effectively running the rock either. So,
3: those are all the over 40 ones and then right. you got 39 against
2: Dallas on Thanksgiving, okay? Overtime. <laughs> Overtime and and that was a game that uh, I know they started out leading. Did they lead that one or did they fall No, they they led that game the whole time, I believe, and then and then Dallas caught up at the end. That's right. Yeah. I was there. I should remember that one.
3: 38 against Washington, but that was just, that was a 15 to 17 game. That was a
2: weird game. That was a weird game that the Raiders should have won. There's no reason that they lost that game. They should have never given up the lead. And then, uh, you know, matter of fact, Trayvon Merrick shouldn't even have to be in place to make that interception at the end to seal the deal. Uh, The Raiders should have never, ever conceded that loss to the Washington football team, but they did. All right, you got any other ones over there for me? I think you pretty much proved my point, though. Uh, if you throw the ball more than 40-something times, usually it's because you're coming back from behind and you, there's, a, there's a great chance that you're going to lose that game. It's just simple as that. They're not able to run the rock. A couple of those games that they did win were overtime games early in the season when they weren't effectively running the ball. So I do think that that kind of proves the point that I'm talking about. 702-365-9200. Who you got up next?
3: Raider Mac. Raider Mac, welcome to
4: the
2: show. What's on your mind?
4: What's up, fellas? Y'all, hey, man, y'all doing a great job, man. I appreciate y'all. Somebody to listen to, you know, while working at home and stuff. Y'all doing a great job. But, man, Q, you sound like an old man, man. You can't – you want to run the rock? But here's the thing. Here's the problem with that. All these teams that run, 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 run. I mean, you – I mean – you don't score no points. You gotta score to win in this NFL. Agreed, agreed. And, and, and I understand what you're saying about running the running the ball. Because you know what? What I love about Bill Belichick and the Patriots, what they used to do is that whatever that team took away from them, they went the opposite
0: agreed. way. Agreed. And,
4: and that's what you have to do. You got to. And that's what I think uh, McDaniel's going to do is that whatever plan that 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 the other team has on defense. So if they want to stop the run, or if they number five in stopping the run, why would you keep running the ball? Throw the ball, or if they great on defense like the uh, uh, Miami, um, the Miami Dolphins with great pass defense team, then you do that. So, so Q, you gotta you gotta play based on the game thing. I agree. Q, I agree with you. Q, my last question to you guys, and I know y'all sold on Derek Carr, and I'm not I'm not hating on the kid. I like the kid. But one thing I I, I want to tell you is that you guys rammed about the offensive line. I went back and watched a lot of those games, and he held on to the ball way too long on of, And that's when, even when we had runs, he holds on to the ball too long. And that's one of the biggest problems with, 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 with him and holding on. So now with this offense, he can dump it to the back and get five, seven yards. So that might help him, but... He held on to the ball way too long. The offensive line needs help, but it wasn't as bad as as you guys think. If you go back and watch watch those games, and man, you guys are doing a great job.
1: And strawberry lemonade, I mean, grape um, kool-aid. (laughs)
2: <laughs> all right. Hey, thank you Raider Mac for the call. Great stuff. I wish I had more time to go into detail, but I agree with everything you're saying. Uh, when it comes to running the rocket, what I'm saying is I- I'm not saying stop running the ball when you get to the red zone. Yeah, you got to score. If you don't score, you're going to lose games no matter what. I don't care how many yards you got. The Raiders are proving that. You know, the red zone's been there. Achilles heel. So yeah, I'm just saying be more balanced. It's not just going to be a pass pass attack, but you're right about what Belichick does. He take he, whatever you take away. It's okay because he's able to adjust. And and I do believe that you'll see that as well. I just think that the run game is going to be very important for the success of the team this upcoming year. Coming up next, kickoff hour number two of the show, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. Well, he's actually retired now from the Houston Chronicle. He'll join us next. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.